1: This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. Patreon.com to Bushers Breakaway, where you can support Gregory and I on our endeavors every week of covering the dangerous team of the New York Rangers, who now have a new head coach. And we break that all down today. We talk about, uh, you're never going to believe this, Gerard Gallant, then Jack Eichel, okay? Stick with me. And then we have a guest who used to cover Gerard Gallant, and we do exactly that. So without further ado, thank you so much for listening to the show. I guess that's it. Let's get to Marc Messier and uh, talk all about the new era of New York Rangers hockey. Here we go.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
1: Breakaway fans. Welcome to another week of the Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, of patreon.com slash Breakaway, where you can support Greg and I's endeavors and habits, depending on what they are. Gregory, say hello. Depending on what they are, what do you think they are? Well, yours are gambling.
2: Yeah, I lost a good amount of money on Poland today. Didn't it didn't pick that one through? I not, like not ideal.
1: pizza and coffee. That's about my mm-hmm. habits. I don't really mm-hmm. do anything else. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> okay anyway I'm, I'm i ain't saying anything you're getting the shit out of me on that one
1: that's fine i appreciate it uh i don't know if you've heard there's big news this week uh what? the islanders have beaten the tampa bay lightning who are cheating that's the biggest news i have today
2: listen if i if, if if cheaters can't beat barry trotz who can that's my question
1: is he hot to trotz
2: is that a thing oh is, is there shit. a shirt i forgot <laughs> i will get we'll get in trouble uh mr Sir Barrison Trotters. Oh, whatever that's, his that's formal important. name is. Oh, sir. That's sir. not. Yeah, let's. Sir, 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 Bear, sir Barry of House Trot. Sir Trot. Let's get this right. That's before good. we get in trouble.
1: Yeah, please. Heaven,
2: uh, heaven for fucking. I don't want to get an email. That someone comes at us. Really sad. That's the last thing I. We I, already got Grandpa Red. They're probably there still, somewhere in our spam folder.
1: Oh yeah, probably. Uh yeah anyway the Rangers did hire Gerard Gallant today uh and uh, oh that, my god yeah what? holy macaroni for sure they did hire did not him. I didn't see that one coming. At, if
2: only there was some way mm, that I could have predicted that. If there
1: was some way you could know, like uh, I don't know, it's a Monday, and uh, mm. the most of the coaches that are out of the playoff hunt were the Rangers were trying to coerce definitely said no after they offered them a lot of money, and then they were like, yeah Gallant's the guy after we did quote unquote vetting. And the betting was we're waiting till Rod says no. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, said yes. It, it,
2: the the big news today is congratulations to the Carolina Hurricanes. Not just yet, Ron Gregory. Greenymore. Not just yet. Maybe uh, he goes ex- to save se- extended him. Maybe buddy. he goes like, to Seattle.
1: You know, maybe there's.
2: Oh I, well, I mean that is where Ron Francis is. His former boss.
1: Something there, but yeah, the New York Rangers are obviously out on Rod at this point in time. So anything we've ever said on that, we were lying, and uh, don't quote us. And then the uh, second thing is Gerard Gallant. Turk is his nickname, and the reason he has Turk as his nickname is because he used to chase turkeys as a child. So there mm. you go. That's about as deep as we get. We have a great interview with George Richards of Florida Hockey Now today where we break down Gallant in its entirety. A lot of good information uh, on what to expect from Gerard Gallant. I think you and I have done I've done some separate research. I watched a couple different video clips of people reacting. So this is a segment called People React To News, and I'm just making okay. it up now. Uh, NHL network, someone came on and called him a good hockey guy. Wow. All right. Let me
2: say this. Let me say this. I, I again, as we've said from the jump, mm-hmm. we both hope everybody is right. We, 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 honestly do that. That is not us being snarky. That is not us being sarcastic. That's not us being funny. I, I truly honestly pray to God. Everybody's right and that Gerard Galant is great. Gerard Galant is the perfect guy for the Rangers. Gerard Galant is the perfect guy that can fuse veteran players with young players, make them not just coexist, but thrive together. Uh, George Richards talks a lot about this with us, about how um, Gallant was not afraid to take veteran players like Yamir Yager and immediately play them with young players like Alexander Barkov. Um, I really, honest-to-God hope, that everybody is right. And this doesn't just go for Ranger fans, because it wasn't just Ranger fans that were pining for Gerard Gallant. I didn't see a single person say a negative word about Gerard Gallant when the Rangers made the announcement. I saw analytics people saying, this is a great hire, this is a great fit. I saw hockey people saying, can't imagine a better fit for the Rangers. I saw eye test guys just saying, this is wonderful, this is everything that the Rangers fans should ever want. Nobody has a bad opinion of this Gerard Gallant hiring, which makes you and me and uh, we'll throw fits into this category. Yeah. Two Fitz is, is, it's, it's like the three of us. us. Yeah. It's, it's essentially the three of us where we're not even negative on Gallant. I'm not mad we're at just all. Not over the moon. Yeah. yeah I, I just, I've never been more. Boy, I really don't know what to compare it to. I can't really, you know, honestly. And some people will think this is me disparaging it. I promise you it's not. I've honestly never been this. Just mild on a coaching hiring since the Mets hired Terry Collins. That Terry Collins hiring was considered at the time an extremely safe hire. The Mets, the circumstances were completely different because the Mets were expected to be bad for a while. So they just wanted an adult in the room, essentially, a person who could manage men because the Mets were not going to be very good for quite some time when that hiring happened. But when that hiring happened, it was almost like, everybody kind of just threw their shoulders up like, yeah, hey, well, what else do you, what do you really expect them to do? I'll say – I've said this from the jump. If the Rangers hired somebody besides Gerard Gallant – It was a mistake. It would have been weird. Yeah. It would have been a mistake. The only candidates you and I had ever talked about that we would have wanted over Gallant are guys currently employed by other teams. Like, we we have made it very clear that of the available candidates, had the Rangers not hired Gerard Gallant, it would have been, it would have been bad, a mistake, and somewhat weird. So we're like I'm. I'm happy the Rangers didn't make the seemingly wrong move. They didn't mess I'm, it up. I'm here for that, it, they don't. They didn't seem to mess it up. Do I think he's better than David Quinn? Yes, I've said that from the jump as well. Where you, me, and Fitz kind of diverge from the rest of the road is we're just not convinced that he's clearly better, like miles better. Are the New York Rangers a better team today? The question is how much better are they going to be Stanley Cup contenders now with Gerard Gallant? I hope so. It seems that a lot of people are convinced they will be. I hope they're right. I, I don't know. I, I, I've it getting the news today was simply a confirmation of something we thought was going to happen for weeks. And it just decided to happen today because I guess Rod Bridenmore finally said, and I still don't come, know how I feel.
1: I, I've been trying to parse through my feelings and, and I guess find any emotion. As you know, as we're saying, there's no negative, there's no positive. I'm happy that they made the right move. I'm happy it's not someone I, I would actively hate. Hell, I'm somewhat happy it's not Torts. Really for the content reason, mm-hmm. uh, that I would like it to be Torts. But looking through, you know, if you like again, we're still in this people reacts segment of Blue Church Breakaway today, people were saying, I don't know if you've heard about this, have you read about this? When I go oh, on what? when you when you go on hockey Twitter, it's like everybody's like, Oh man, good for the Rangers. And when you go on hockey Reddit, it's like, wow, great move! This is incredible. This roster is ready to mature. We love this guy. Uh, it's, it's a four-year deal. I can't believe. Uh, first of all, we'll get to actually we we'll get to that in a second. But you know, all these other fans that are like, oh wow, the Metro is going to be so strong with Gallant there. It's great to see other fan bases upset. Like I, there's there are some Seattle fans in this thread saying, I can't believe my team has already disappointed me, and they're not even a team yet. Like Gallant was the guy we wanted, and yeah, he was the best available, no doubt about it, on the coaching market. But I'm still not—I'm not psyched, and I, I'm going to be, and I promise. When Gallant, like, when there's something happens and the team starts to really click, and there's a win streak, and Gallant has a quote or two out there, I'm sure I'll get pumped up for Gallant. I'm sure I'll make gobble gobble Gallant t-shirts. I'll wear a turkey thing to MSG. I'll get pumped up for Gallant. But and but right now, like as it stands. When David Quinn was hired, there was something unknown about him, something exciting, a development coach, and he looks like a White Walker, and Game of Thrones was hot at the time. That was big. That was big for me, you know? And to have with, with, with Gallant, and you'll hear a lot of great things from literally everybody, and, and that's great, but it does feel like there's something missing. Like there's, we know what the ceiling is, and I'm hoping that he can break that ceiling. I will say
2: the emotion today is less excitement and more relief because again, this entire coaching search, and we said this almost from the beginning is there was one clear less wrong answer, which was Gerard Gallant. Like you, you're not going to get bad press if you hire Gerard Gallant. It was very clear that he was the best candidate available, but after Gallant, it was just a sliding scale of bad. And it was a question – the Rangers could have made the wrong choice very easily. So there was relief today that they just decided to not do that. I would say that was my general emotion. Like if the Rangers hired Rick Tockett before Gerard Gallant – I would have been – I would have been
1: so pissed off. I I don't know if I would
2: have been so pissed, but I would have been like, that is not a good start, Chris. Mr. Drury, you yeah,
1: trouble the, you're trouble boy. Marticulous. Don't call him yeah, dumbass, like, Rex. <laughs> would,
2: well, no, he's, he's not a dumbass. I'm I'm, I'm living in a world in which... Chris oh, right, stupid, another world, Which yes. is not this world. Yes, you're correct. Because you do a dumb thing. Yes. Um, yes, so today, my general feeling was relief. And I, I, I think that is the best way to describe how I felt when the announcement came. Um, but, I, and again, it, it's not that we were more excited about Quinn. There's always something.
1: There was sexy. just an unknown. It's like a prospect yeah, in any sport. Yeah. It's like you, you. Let me explain, Quinn. It's how you feel about Niels Lundqvist right now. <laughs> but maybe, well, it, maybe a little more. You feel you feel strong more. Okay, that's not Niels Lundqvist. I would it's, say
2: more like more like Zach, Zach Jones.
1: Jones. Yes, we're on yeah. the same page. It's how you feel yeah. about Zach Jones right now. That's how right, you felt about David
2: Quinn. It, it's Quinn was first of all good looking man. That man can White walk, Walker for sure. It. Yep, man um, rocket. <laughs> Man, imagine David Quinn and Brett Houghton. I would watch a reality TV show that is just David Quinn and Brett Houghton. I
1: thought they him. should remake the Hallmark movie, but just replace the two main characters with David Quinn and Brett Houghton. That was like my f- great fan fiction. It was amazing.
2: Um, yeah, it, it's just there's something fun about being like, wait, what? What are they doing? They're hiring who? That's interesting. Like with with Gallant. You were just beat over the head with it from the beginning. It's like, well, the Rangers better hire a lot. Well, no, just not. Right? I'm going
1: to cut you off because it, just for oh. the past two years, oh. all every time you tweet about Quinn, every time you said anything about Quinn, all well, the re- want, hold on, I don't,
2: I don't want to do this. I really, I, I, I don't listen. The fire Quinn crowd.
1: No, 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 no. The, just no. That's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going. Okay. The fire Quinn. All right. Every time you all tweet right. about Quinn, there was always people. It wasn't even fire Quinn crowd. It really wasn't. It, there was, there was there was some people that it extended beyond that. And it would always be, who do you want as the next coach? And it was just Gallant. And the answer was always Gallant. Always. It was always like Gerard Gallant. And I was like, we both said, well, we don't think that's a plausible thing. Well, let's, let's man up. We said it. We we're like, doesn't seem like it's a thing right now. It is well, now. it not well, that's the other thing though. It
2: wasn't a plausible thing with Jeff Gordon and John Davidson in charge.
1: I promise because you it wasn't. I, and, and what? I, I can tell you, Almost for a fact here, we're talking really strong sources on this one. Quinn was making it another year until yes. James Dolan fired everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that he was absolutely going to be here one more year. And it yeah. was a shock to everyone. And now Gallant's here. You got your wish. Be excited. Be happy. I'm happy for you. And I can't wait to be excited with you when Gallant proves to me that he is that coach. When things go right, when it's fun. Clearly the players are going to love him. I can't stop hearing that from literally everyone. At this point in time, uh, it's, and
2: it's—I I would say—how many times do you think George Richards said it while we were talking to him tonight?
1: If the over/under, I had to set it, and we've obviously only listened to the interview once because we were part of it. I think the over/under is like seven and a half, and it's the over.
2: Yes, uh, I. George was even quick to reaffirm that even with Quenville currently in Florida, there are still players on the roster that ask him, "Why did we fire Gerard Gallant?" That's which insane. <laughs> yeah, that—that that in and of itself speaks volumes to me because I understand that there was like a year and a half where the Panthers were walking through the wilderness and didn't quite have a head coach yet, but Joel Quenville one of those five guys.
1: Yeah. He's, he's one like one of the one of guys. guys,
2: the guys. The yeah. Yeah. It's, it's him. It's Sullivan. It's Brenda Moore. It's trots. And it's probably either one of John Cooper or Bruce Cassidy. Like those are the guys that actually might be Pete DeBoer at this point, because again, Vegas um, is very good. What, yeah, what more do you want from Vegas? And then the San Jose Sharks before that, where everybody, uh, and, and I think DeBoer was the coach when the Devils went to the cup. DeBoer's been around the block, I guess is what we uh, are trying to say here. Um, but yeah, it, it's, listen, again, the Rangers could have made the wrong choice. They could have made it very easily. They had a lot of opportunities to make the wrong choice very easily. They decided not to, which I think deserves recognition and applause. Chris Drury didn't, he didn't get this question wrong. We don't know if he got it right, but we at least know today on day one, he didn't get it wrong. And that's, you gotta, you, you gotta be happy with that. I, I, even I can't sit here and be upset about it. Chris Drury had the fir- the first question Chris Drury had to answer. We are confident that on June 14th, he didn't answer it incorrectly. It might be proven to be incorrect further down the road, way further down the road when the Rangers actually start playing hockey games. But there were clear wrong answers today, and Chris Jury didn't make one of them, and that deserves some praise. Good for Chris Jury, he did it
1: for sure. I'm excited to see what else Chris Jury does. Like, I don't know, sign Jack Eichel on July 5th on a Monday. Just saying. I what do you mean sign? Oh, sorry, trade. You trade for him? <laughs> yeah, trade. <laughs> it's pretty much signing at this point, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, six of one, half dozen the other. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. July 5th is my projected date. If I do get that right, I'm going to really. I will tweet Insider. I will tweet it. It's very brave of me. (laughs) Extremely brave. Uh, July July
2: 5th is a Monday after July 4th.
1: Yes. That's how that works, actually, in the calendars. Like the the next day. Big news. Yeah, (laughs) crazy. Inside sources, Gregory. (laughs) You sure. Yeah, incredible. Now, uh, how fast do you think Ryan Reeves becomes a Ranger? Well, the, the Knights have to lose first. Right. I, obviously, the offseason will have to happen, and the trade will have to go down. But I, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, Vegas has to be a willing partner.
1: They have I'm some cap sure issues. Vegas,
2: yeah, but uh, trading one million dollars of Ryan Reeves' salary isn't going to help those cap issues. Yeah, their cap issues are going to have to be addressed in a bigger move.
1: That might be part of it. I wonder if. Mm, hmm. Mm, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Man, the Rangers have some they're money not this year. trading Mark
2: Stone, so get get that out of your head. No, 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 no! no
1: I I know that's not happening. Trust me. I, that not, guy's a I, psychopath. He's so good, man. Oh my god.
2: I mean, I think the answer is Leonard is I, probably going to be the short man because they're not going to trade Flower. They were. They, I know they were. <laughs> and
1: Flower was like, by the way. Yeah. By the way, I'm really Martin Andre fucking I'm Really freaking good. How about that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think their cap move is a goalie. I really do. I. I feel that in my bones. Um, I don't know. I, Reeves, it, it's weird. You, I don't know. To answer your question, Ryan, I would say July 31st.
1: Hmm. Was it? not the date, though, they have like freeze up? Oh, you mean like after the expansion draft and the after yeah. The draft? Yeah. You're hmm. not trading
2: Ryan Reeves before the expansion draft. What are you doing?
1: Okay. That's fair. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, you're right. The expansion draft's not gonna happen with Ryan Reeves. All right, the Eichel is definitely before July 11th. Let's put it that way.
2: Well, I, again, we, we went through the timeline with we Eichel. did Michael on yesterday.
1: BSBOT though. People don't know that. Some people we might did, not know that. Was it on
2: OT? No, I thought it was on the regular episode. Uh, no, we didn't. Shall we rehash that conversation just to make sure?
1: We don't have to rehash totally, but uh, mm. in summary, if you haven't listened to BSBOT, where I guess it's time for an ad, you can support well, the. But yeah, first of all, if you haven't listened to BSBOT, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, it's patreon.com slash You could support that, this, us. this little podcast that chugs along every single week, and uh, we do an, a bonus episode every single week. You can find it on patreon.com slash Breakaway. And we, we talked about- Ryan. Ryan, yes. this is going to shock you. We oh my did God! two bonus episodes You did a Euro
2: preview? Really? I did a Euro preview. Euro 2020, even though it's happening in 2021. The most yep. ridiculous marketing campaign I've ever seen in my life. Why today. wouldn't they just rename you, it? I don't understand. had noticed, which I'm sure you had, because <laughs> prayers up, God bless Christian Ericsson, who seems to be doing better today. Um, but you've definitely heard of this little tournament going on in Europe that is pitting... Uh, a handful of nations against each other yeah we did a little preview with our good friend ray hunt of mm-hmm. in that number podcast big yep. southampton guy yep and we broke down every group we picked our winners in every group and we picked the teams we thought were gonna win it all very nice so i'm just saying so far belgium looking pretty good
1: i will be doing i am uh, back in new york for the week thank you everybody uh, it's nice to be back here and i will be eating taco bell for my taco bell review my taco bell take podcast very very fun so patreon.com that's with my with our good friend liz babinez actually i will be uh
2: uh, saw her this weekend
1: yep saw you this weekend too i I did yes for like a brief moment over over
2: under 10 words we said to each other
1: under yeah you you said uh he monday at seven and i said hey what's up so i think that was the under Yeah, people. People really. I think people get thrown off
2: by when Ryan and I see each other in person. We, well, we talk we're so fucking exact,
1: much. It's I don't need
2: to talk to you. I don't need. I, there's not. Ryan, you don't have to catch me up on your life. I don't have to catch you up on mine. You know about it. I talk to you three hours a week. Yeah, we're I good. I talk to you more than other people in exactly. my life than I actually want to talk to. Yeah. So it's yeah. I Ryan and I hung out from like two o'clock to ten o'clock yep. on a Saturday. And we said less than ten words to each other, and that is not a fucking exaggeration. Yep, I gave, it wasn't even like we were ignoring each other. It's just it like, wasn't. It I was like nothing to say. I'm yeah, sorry. I was that's like, good.
1: hey, I got you. Want to check a nugget? Yep. All right, Monday at seven. Cool. That was literally the entire day. <laughs> Holy shit, that's bad funny. Anyway, Patreon.com. Anyway, Jack Eichel. Back to the. That's what we're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Turns out uh, there was a report last week. If you guys haven't heard about this, have you read about this? That what? the uh, the LA Kings are now out on Eichel. So that, that leaves the Rangers and pretty much the Minnesota Wild. And uh, rumors are that Jack Eichel has been floating rumors to the Rangers for a very long time. Blah blah blah. You knew this, ooh, and that he ooh. only wants to play for NYR, NYR or Boston. Boston probably not going to be able to afford that trade package, even though the trade package is going to be garbage uh, because the Buffalo Sabers are the Stupid. Buffalo Sabers.
2: Yes. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the lovely report today? Who they wanted to interview for the
1: I. How I could you think in 2021? I'm getting really amped up because I'm in my old room right now. I'm just getting all the old vibes. Jack Capuano. <laughs> well, first of all,
2: Chris, Chris jury is like, well, I got to pick some fucking coach to run this ragtag group of Americans. Eh, why not Jack Capuano? So that, but what's more ridiculous to you? I, I, I need to know. Is it more ridiculous that the Sabres have a head coach opening and they want to talk to Jack Capuano or is it more ridiculous that the Ottawa Senators are like, you know what? You can't. I thought that was crazy that the Ottawa Senators were like, you know what? Actually, we're keeping them. Like what? Yeah, like, like it's intellectual property <laughs> the Ottawa Senators are hoarding. They're no, you don't understand.
1: Jack Capuano is a secret weapon. Like, I don't know. I watched a lot of Jack Capuano in my day. <laughs> I have. I legit forgot the Senators fired him.
2: Like that's how much of Jack Capuano I've been able to keep up since his Islander days. I just I don't know which one was more ridiculous. That tweet hit twice. It was like the Sabers are doing what, but then the Senators are doing what. And it was just, oh god, it just it hit perfectly. But either way, um, as you guys may have known, Jack Eichel wants out of this place called Buffalo. Doesn't Interesting. Want to play there anymore? Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yep. We said on this year podcast on a Monday that it didn't make sense for the Rangers to trade Jack Eichel until the expansion draft, and we corrected that opinion real quick. On Wednesday because if there's anything that Ryan and I are consistent about is that we suck at math and when you do the math if the Buffalo Sabres want to maximize the return on a trade for Jack Eichel he needs to be healthy on opening night we understand that Jack Eichel the main reason why he's not going to be a Buffalo Sabre is because he wants to get surgery a surgery that has a four month recovery window so if you want Jack Eichel healthy on opening night he has to have the surgery before july mm-hmm. which means you have to trade them before july and it is june 14th right now days in june are running short few and far between so yes if if the sabers want to maximize a return and if they wait until the expansion draft to trade jack eichel he's going to get the surgery and he's going to miss the first month of the nhl season you're not bargaining with a full deck if you do that as the sabers so this is their chance and the rangers can either wait and say you know what we're going to lighten this up we're going to trade for the man and put him on long-term IR, and we're going to just go out there and just spend money because that's the one thing James Dolan loves to do, which, by the way, don't hate it. Uh, and I also- believe
1: the uh, rosters freeze earlier in July also. So you, I think it's by the 11th they have to make uh, a trade or, or all trades freeze. I'm going to check this out. I think it might be the 17th. Yes, there is,
2: the, there is a one-week period leading up to the expansion draft where the only team you can trade with is Seattle.
1: Correct. So if they want to do it before the expansion draft or the draft itself, they'll have to do it then. That's yep. why I think so July 5th is my date.
2: Essentially, they have three weeks. They have three weeks to get this
1: deal done. Boy, should be an interesting time. That's for fucking sure. I'm going to say June 28th, two weeks from today. I like it. I like that we're both going for it. Just out here shooting our shot. Who knows? Mm. It does seem like it's um, almost a... I'll, I will almost be shocked at this point if it doesn't happen. I, I'm, at, I, well, I'm at a point where I'm like, I, I can't imagine a world where this doesn't go down.
2: All right, fun game. What would have been more surprising to you? The Rangers announcing someone besides Gerard Galan as head coach or the Rangers trading for someone
1: that isn't Jack Eichel? The second. The second. Yeah, I think the Eichel thing... I think I've said this publicly a lot. I think the Rangers are absolutely playing mind games through Brooks, through everyone, saying that throwing all these other names out there that they might want to trade for, that they're not that interested in Eichel and all this stuff. And it's all negotiating because it seems that Eichel just... From everything we hear everywhere, it's just he only really wants to go to New York or Boston. And again, Boston can't really make this happen the way they want to. They right. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm just saying it's a real shame. It's a real shame that a certain vice president of communications for the New York Rangers doesn't want to use us as a way to uh, provide a smokescreen on certain things.
1: We love uh, I We're so viable. It's incredible. Mm. You, we can just uh, say Patreon. whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, You can make us say things. It's incredible. Speaking of which, five star questions. Wow, incredible transition, Ryan. What a host. Wow, wow. What a host. Uh, boy, there was not that, shorts, John not that That's many shorts, John. Not that many Patreon questions this week. And a lot going on. Uh, obviously with uh, mm. if he's available, would you? This is from Adam. If he's available, would you trade for Barry? What would you trade for Barry Trots?
2: I hate these questions. Uh, me too. It, it reminds me of the time where
1: like if you were to put every
2: NBA player, the Brad Stevens if you, in fantasy draft. Yeah. That did not age well. Every NBA player available in a fantasy draft. When would you take Brad Stevens? And why is it? Why is seventh the latest? And I just remember reading that just being like, no, I'm not saying it's the dumbest thing I've ever read. Cause I've read some dumb shit, but boy, that's up there. Tross is definitely in the top 100. I'd give up. I'd give up first round draft picks. I don't think there's a single player actually on the contract for the New York Rangers that I would I'd give up Barry this for this year's first for Trotz. Easy. Let's go. I'd give up two. I'd give up next year's two. Sure, no let's problem. roll it. I'm in. I wouldn't give up an actual player for Barry Trotz. Like, I'll give make up the first, Islanders do the work. I'll give up make first and second talent this year. Yeah, make, make, their, make their scouts find the player. But I'd, I'd give up a pair of first-round picks for Barry Trotz. Do you think that – we've said this before. Is there a better coach in the NHL than Barry Trotz?
1: Not right now. I don't think it's even close. What? I really what? don't. The way the Islanders are playing, and boy, I hate I hate that Islanders team, but I damn respect them. I really do. I like every yeah. player on the team too. It's so annoying. The the thing the thing
2: that is I think the the most admirable thing you could say about Barry Trotz is he makes bad Lou Lamorello signings look fine because he's getting shit out of Russ, Ross Johnston of he all is, fucking people. Yeah, he's doing it. He's doing a great like, job. I like if the, if the if the Rangers gave Matt Martin that contract, it is atrocious. But the Islanders gave it to him. And he kind of just shrugged his shoulders because Barry Trotz knows how to fucking use him. He works. His
1: system works. He works to his players too. That's, you know, if you're, if you're a Washington fan right now, you're sitting at home, you're sick. You should feel sick because that guy is, you really let something special go. You truly did. It seems like he's hit another level since he left. It's just, I don't know if the Islanders will win this series. I, 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 I still think they will not. I still think Tampa has too much firepower. But boy, they really took it to him, game one. And, and I trots is just too good, man. He really is, he truly. Yeah, is. Yeah, and again,
2: it's important to remember that the, the Islanders top nine, solid. It might not be the like it might not have the best high end talent, but it has the highest floor in the NHL. I don't think there's a top nine where if they're all playing at their worst, that they would still be on the level. I'm going to sound Islanders like such a
1: hockey guy, but they also all know their roles. No, everyone yeah, does what well, they're supposed to do. It's a Bill Belichick again, I'm, system.
2: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to slobber all over Fitz, but Fitz is a big proponent of the 16 game player. I don't think the Islanders have someone that isn't a 16 game player. Like maybe, maybe Noah Dobson isn't, but okay. So the Islanders' sixth defenseman, who's 22 years old, is cool. a 16 game player. Yeah, well, their the top four defensemen
1: are, just, are insane. Congratulations. Yeah, it's
2: just, it's so sickening and so 200 hockey men to say, but those are just fucking winning players. Like, I just, I fucking It's hate so it. annoying. Like J, JG Padjo shouldn't be getting paid $6 million a year. I agree. Jordan Eberle overpaid. I agree. Anders Lee, probably not my ideal team captain. I agree. And yet, you know what those guys are? They're solid fucking hockey players. I, I, I wish I could shit on them more.
1: It's Me too. I We've been, and I, I hate saying this, we are the number one New York Rangers podcast. Actually, I love saying that part. But right. we, have, we have been so goddamn respectful to the Islanders all year long. The we whole no year, because we have, Cause we we have, have no, fucking choice. no choice. Yeah, I'd love the, the shit on the Tampa Islanders. Bay Lightning just are cheating, once. and yeah, fuck them. Yep, all right. Uh, the Lightning, fuck, fuck the
2: Lightning. Carey <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Price is a sure. fucking fraud. My worst nightmare. Oh. I think Islanders Canadians would probably do. I'm not even an Islanders hater like you are. I just I I get FOMO and hate when New York sports teams are successful when my team isn't. Yeah, and I I really. <laughs> I want more people to like. The Nets are fucked. Are you kidding me? Yeah, They're fucked. Irving and Harden out for Game Five in a two-two series. G- Katie's got to go another another
1: level. He really
2: does. It's yeah. gonna
1: be something special. Hey,
2: yeah. anyway, I'm sure I'll eat crow on that shit real quick. Excited to do that. Love me some good bird. <laughs> uh, but the, Net, the Nets. The Nets are fucked.
1: Put the grill on. The
2: Nets. The Nets seem fucked. The Knicks yeah. are done. The Yankees, everybody is Woof! fucking rebelling against each Woof! other. I hated Aaron from the start. There you go, everybody. I just, I need the Islanders to lose because I need a New York Met jerk fest. That's really what I need. I need well, everybody being like, it's, wow. It's, it's kind of happening right
1: team. now, anyway. The pitching is. Incredible. It would
2: happen a lot more if the Islanders weren't fucking around.
1: That's true. It really what? <laughs> All but, right.
2: But I, I I hate the FOMO, so I don't want the Islanders to win. I swear to fucking God, Ryan, if <laughs> Gary Price gets his name. If he gets a Stanley cup, I'll be cup. sick i'm gonna close this laptop shove it sideways up my own ass like I, <laughs> I would not be able to go on the uh, internet again because I, every it's not even the canadian fans god bless the canadian fans who would be excited about winning a cup it's the fucking pierre lebrun's i can't Scott with the best, the best Jason goalie in the Dreger's. league oh my god yeah. i can't D- darren drager being like carrie price everybody loves that <laughs> great Hey, and Dominic, imagine if Dominic Ashik married Martin Broder because he was in his wife's family and then had a baby. And it's fucking and fucking Carrie Price. Like I would literally just oh my I God. would just yeet the fuck out of here. Yeah. The second Carrie Price wins a goddamn title. Good Can't point. have it the the best the best case scenario is the Golden Knights win Yep. and we just have, deal with that I we have just Golden all, Knights we all, we Tampa uh,
1: Islander yeah. Montreal for me I think we
2: all agree if the Golden Knights win all we have to do is block their fucking social media account we're and good we're good yeah. the Islanders the fans they're gonna rub it in my face I don't want it yep. the Lightning fuck them that's all I have to say about the Lightning and then you got the, the I swear to Christ Carey Price I honestly <laughs> I, I, I I
1: I can't I don't know I can't do it
2: I need uh, the I need Vegas to score nine goals a night. Really do. In the worst way.
1: Same. Uh, second, to, or really last question for our patrons this week. Uh, light week with a little bit of light news. I'm sure we'll get some more next week with the Galant stuff. Anyway, Gray Red asks, what are your top three to five moves the Rangers should make this offseason? I think we can make this down. We can do this pretty quick. I think we have the, the checklist kind of in front you of us.
2: five different moves for Eichel?
1: Uh, yeah, it's like one move for Eichel. You're going to sign a defenseman. I think they should try and protect, if they can, another team's asset and not protect Hayek and then charge that team for protecting that asset. I've had, uh, if you don't follow Mr. Cafflin on Twitter, you should. Josh Kaflin, he has a lot of these ideas uh, where he goes about like, protecting like, Edmonton pieces and such like that for, for draft picks, etc. And I think that would be a, a, quite a good idea. And then uh, I think they're going to do a depth signing. Uh, Goodrow has been a, a name that constantly comes up, especially from beat writer Vince yeah, That like,
2: the, the problem is you're not paying Goodrow to be a depth signing.
1: Right, like, that is when a you say
2: depth signing. I'm considering someone under the two million dollars a year price that Goodrow is going to get four and a half.
1: Yeah, he's he going
2: paid. He's a quote unquote winning player.
1: Hy- Hyman is one of those guys that people keep talking about too. But I think Hyman's getting six point five. Hyman
2: already said no to like six million a year from Toronto. Yeah, you five point
1: three, something like yeah. that. Yeah, there's no way.
2: Uh, Hyman, Hyman, and Goodrow are great pieces in a vacuum. That yeah, absolutely. I think a hockey team 100 percent needs those guys. Yeah, but they need those guys on contracts that aren't paying them to be those guys. I think that's, that's like the crux to the key, right? That was the whole Jesper Foss conversation. When we thought for a minute there, that he might get $4 million a year, like Jesper Foss is good at a certain price point, but then you get the point of diminishing returns. Once you go over like two and a half, three million a half, $3 million it's you're not paying that player to be that player anymore. You're essentially paying that player to be an important part of the team. Um, I like Goodrow as a player. I wish the Rangers could find a Barkley Goodrow. I just wish they could find someone and not pay them like Barkley Goodrow is going to get paid this offseason.
1: Could agree with you. But I
2: agree with you. Point number one is is Eichel. Point number two to me, I'm team. I'm team. You need an adult on the third line of the New York Rangers. I'm not saying sign any third line uh, defenseman. I would sign a good one, ideally. But I, I don't think you could roll next season. I mean, let's just assume somehow the Rangers get Eichel and keep Lundquist and Jones. I don't think that should be your bottom pair. I think you need a veteran piece to go on that line, not for that line necessarily, but more for protecting your ass if something happens to the top four. Yep, like we saw it this year. Truba gets hurt. Who'd you have? Yeah, I had. Lita that's Knight. it. That, that's congratulations.
1: Yeah, it's so not I mean, enough. It's
2: it's you need a you need a good piece that moves everyone down one spot. In the pecking order, it's almost like Ryan. I'm going to blow your mind. Jesus. Whoa, are you sitting down?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, actually,
2: unfortunately, I am. Wow, it is almost like what the Mets thought they were doing when they signed <laughs> Taiwan Walker. Right? But... It's a team that it's a team initially that said we have the ground, we have Stroman, we yep. traded for Carrasco, we're getting Syndergaard back. Yep. Technically, we think we can survive without Walker, but, but we're what's gonna get the him. problem in signing him? Then Just you sign them, and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, by the way, Syndergaard's arm fell off, and oh, by the way. Uh, Well, that's because Syndergaard's grounding.
1: He's big a grounding right now.
2: Right, right, right. And the only only hamstring in this world less reliable than mine apparently belongs to Carlos Carrasco. So it's, yeah. All of a sudden, the Taiwan Walker signing looks really fucking good, not just because he's pitching well, but because you start imagining what this New York Mets team would look like without him, and Jesus fucking Christ, that's what it would look like. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yeah, it's, that's that's why you sign at the depth defensive for the Rangers, not because you think Zach Jones and Niels Lundqvist aren't up to it, but because you think they are up to it, and you know what would be better than having only those guys would be having someone else above those guys and those guys, Could and now your more. team's even deeper. And those two guys are on entry-level deals. They're cheap as fuck. They're not going to get any cheaper. Now's the time to use that flexibility with them and go out and get someone on a one- or two-year deal or, that, or trade for an expiring contract and
1: boost your defensive core a little bit. Yep. All right, let's get to our interview. And I uh, hope you guys hear, enjoy hearing about how much the players love Gerard Gallant. Here we go. Transition. Hey, we're back with our guest, George Richards. He is from floridahockeynow.com. George, thank you so much for joining us on the evening the Rangers have hired Gerard Gallant.
3: Ah, good for Turk. That's a great that, hey great move for him. Great move for the Rangers. Uh, That's You know just a solid move for sure.
1: Well, I guess let's start there. You covered the guy for a while. Uh, I don't have a lot of, no. um, history following Gerard Gallant around the league. Now, is he like a good media guy? Is he at least a fun follow or does he keep everything close to the chest? Cause we're big media guys, you know, big no, journalists over here. No, you know what? If,
3: if you're around him a lot, I, I think he's pretty honest. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what, forget the media. The players absolutely adore him. Um, you know, when he got let go in in Florida with the Panthers, the players basically revolted, and uh, it, it took the Panthers a while to recover from that. And and, and whatever whatever happened between the, the the Panthers front office and Gerard Gallant, it did take a little bit of time for the the for the team to recover from that.
2: George, let's I, I, I kind of want to explore that as much as we can. Not yeah. so much as to what do we know. That happened between Gallant and the front office, because we've as Ryan and I were kind of we were kind of agnostic about what the Rangers should do as a head coach. But there are a lot of hard opinions about Gallant that are positive. And yet there are two organizations that got to year three with Gallant. And both of them said that's enough of that, despite the teams being, for the most part, very good and very competitive. So what what exactly happened?
3: Well, I can't speak to what happened in Vegas because we know the success that Gerard Gallant had with the Knights. I mean, he took an expansion team to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. Um, Obviously never been done since, you know, the the, the expansion years of, what,
1: 67?
3: Mm -hmm. Um, A completely different situation from then. What happened in Florida was, you know, I, the, the Panthers decided that the front office completely changed. Uh, Gerard Gallant was the head coach. He was in his second year, led the Panthers to their best season ever. They lost in the first round to the Islanders, and they decided to make a change in the front office. And it was a whole bunch of politics stuff. Um, and it really didn't have anything to do with Gallant, although Gallant was still the head coach, he, you know. and But everything around Gerard Gallant was changing and uh, you know he got fired at Thanksgiving and and it was a whole mess and it really had nothing to do with him other than what was going on around him he objected to and that's why he was let go what happened in Vegas I don't know other than Pete DeBoer another former Florida Panther coach was available and I think Vegas just thought that maybe Pete DeBoer would get Vegas to a higher plane whatever but you know the whole the whole gerard gallant thing in florida really had nothing to do with him other than that he was fighting back to to what was
1: going on around him quick follow-up and then we'll get right back to your story was your headline for that the turk is out of the oven when he got fired on thanksgiving
3: it was the uh, it was Google, Google <laughs> Gerard Gallant fired Florida a okay. cab gate. You know, it was all about the taxi cab oh. in Carolina. Oh. Yeah, that was the whole thing. It was, you know, the Panthers said they called a, a car to take him to the airport, and he ends up getting in a cab outside PNC Arena in Raleigh. And uh, that picture, when Gerard Gallant, you know, let let's hope it's, 50 years from now when he when when he passes away that picture of him getting in a cab will be you know
2: in you know in his obituary
1: a, a legendary moment uh
2: well, the, the good news there is plenty of cabs in new york city if, if push comes to shove that <laughs>
3: yeah Well, no, that's true around.
1: yeah not not so many in raleigh north carolina that's why you had to wait a little bit so you said it's more mostly a political uh, thing. That seems to be both ways. Uh, I don't want to speak for the Vegas side of it, but what I, from what I can really read sure. up on the situation is uh, maybe the owners wanted their guys in place. That seems to be what happened there. So the players seemingly love him, but the one thing I keep I keep hearing over and over again is he's not like he's a player coach, but he's not really an X and O's guy. Can you can you speak to his uh, his management skills on the ice? I'll
3: tell you what uh, you know. Gerard Galan is a guy and I and I and I wrote this many a time when I was covering him with the Miami Herald um, covering the Florida Panthers he's a guy that pushes the right buttons I mean he knows how to put lines together maybe he sticks with them too long and I think the thing in Vegas if I if I if I remember right now obviously was not covering Vegas then or ever but They had lost, like, what, seven out of eight games, and, and, you know, there was a lot of pressure going on, and Pete DeBoer was available. So that had a lot to do with it. But in Florida, you know, you want to talk about X's and O's. The Florida Panthers had their, you know, his first year in Florida, they improved by the biggest amount that in franchise history. I think they were 25 points better the year – Gerard Gallant took over than the year previous. And then he gets into their biggest season ever, you know, their most wins, their most points in 2015, 2016. And then he gets fired, you know, 20 games into the next season because of politics, which he had nothing to do with. Although, again, he pushed back on it. He didn't like some of the stuff that was going on in Florida, and he made that well known. And when the team started off at a 500 level, They made a change. And, you know, he wasn't happy with what was going on. They weren't, they wanted to do their own thing. Dale Talon had been pushed aside, the GM. We all know the story about what was going on in Florida at the time. They had a guy in Tom Rowe who was the quote unquote general manager who they wanted to be the head coach so the other guys could take over as general manager. It was just a whole, it was just a, it was just a whole mess with the Florida Panthers then. So, you know, there were a lot of things that went on with Gerard Gallant that, that, that he didn't have a whole lot of control over, but he was enough of a hockey guy to, 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 push back against it. It cost him his job once. I think the thing in Vegas was they, they just weren't winning. Um, and you, and you had a guy like Pete DeBoer who's taken what three, four teams to the Stanley cup finals that was there. And, uh, you know that's just what it was, but I tell you what, Gerard Gallant is a terrific coach. Players again love him because he's honest with them. He's a he was a former player. He played for the Detroit Red Wings. He played in the IHL. He played all you know in a number of different places. I thought he was going to the Detroit Red Wings. You know, I thought Detroit was going to hire him as their head coach, and uh, I think the the Rangers made a great move here.
2: George I, I will I will agree with you to the point that I I don't I wonder what happens in Vegas if Pete DeBoer never gets fired in San Jose. I think that's fair. Do you from what I'm picking up from you a reputation we have heard floating around about Gerard Gallant is that he's a little difficult to work with in terms of the front office. Now, is that do you think it's a difficulty to work with or a man who's just not afraid to speak his mind? Because from what we're hearing from you, it it doesn't really sound like Gerard Gallant was necessarily difficult. It's as simple as the fact that Gallant was in Florida before the new management was and whatever the new management was doing, didn't fly with Gallant. And he's just not a guy afraid to say, listen, if it smells like shit, I'm going to call it shit.
3: I think when it came to Florida, he did not respect the front office that was put in place. And he said so. And that was the end of that
2: i think that's that,
3: that's basically what happened again i don't know what happened in vegas the front office in vegas didn't change right i yep. mean
1: but they this, just this... figured
3: they needed they just needed a new voice and 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 pete the was available in florida they made all these changes to the front office they changed dude the thing that happened in florida they fired everybody in florida they moved Jet, uh, Dale Tallon out of the front office and made him a quote unquote senior advisor. They got rid of all the equipment guy. I mean, they got rid of everybody. They changed everything. And, and, and Gerard Gallant saw what was happening and knew he was next. And he wasn't going out that way. He was like, okay, if you're going to fire me, fire me, but I'm not going out without, you know, I'm not going down without a fight And he did not respect the front office that the Panthers put in place. And he made that clear. And, uh, you know, if the Panthers had started off at a better rate, he would not have been fired that night in Carolina on Thanksgiving weekend. But he would have been fired. And he knew that. And he said that to me that summer. He goes, I'm getting fired here.
1: I just don't know (laughs) when. And it just happened to be that weekend. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Great time for the Florida Panthers to do that. Uh, you may have heard this, but the Rangers were in a rebuild. It seems like that rebuild may be over now at this point in time with the hiring of Gerard Gallant. Can you speak a little bit about the development he does with younger players? We obviously, the Rangers have two players in a first and second overall draft pick in Alexi yeah. Lafreniere and Capocaco. There's been a lot of concerns from the fan base, especially yelling about, to, to David Quinn about the time on ice for both those players. Is that something the fan base will, continue have, will continually have to worry about when it comes to Gerard Gallant?
3: Well, there's all, you know, the fans are fans, and they're going to always complain about something. But listen, when when Gerard took over, the Florida Panthers had Sasha Barkov and Jonathan Huberto floating up and down the lineup. And in his first year, the Panthers, Dale Talon acquired Yermir Yager from New Jersey. Yager was complaining about being a fourth line guy in New Jersey. Dale Talon brings him in. The Panthers were out of the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs that year. But he saw an opportunity to bring Yoggs into Florida. First thing Gerard Gallant did was put Yager with Sasha Barkov in his, like, what, second year? And and Jonathan Huberdeau in his third, whatever it was. And that line just took off. Gerard Gallant is a very smart hockey guy. He Again, he pushes the right buttons. He knows how hockey players think. What are, you know, some things just don't work. But, but I'll tell you what, in Florida, Florida had two very young, talented guys that just weren't really clicking in Florida. And now Jonathan Huberto and Sasha Barkov are two of the top players in the National Hockey League. And I'll tell you what, Gerard Gallant putting them with, with Yager, is paying dividends for the Florida Panthers to this day.
2: Since we brought up his name, uh, let's just do this quickly. Let's just do this easily. Um, Alexander Barkov is a guy that Ranger fans lust over, drool over nonstop. And for good reason, quite the young, talented player. Um, Can you give me a percentage chance that he doesn't re up with Florida when his contract expires? Mm, zero that's what i thought yep yeah that Which sounds also, about right
3: to, listen every, every team in the league is salivating over a sasha barkov right as they Which should be I could the say, new york rangers you, I every, mean, every team would want in the one. league yep he is an elite nhl center he's going to be all nhl he's probably going to win the selkie he'll be in the top five for the heart he wasn't a finalist for the heart because they only announced the top three but but you know, I'll put a dollar fifty that, that that he's in the top five um, in th- that balloting. He had he he's, he's exceptional, and he's what 26, 27 years old. He's going to re-sign with the Panthers probably. You know, whenever we're allowed to, they're allowed to do that. July twenty seventh, twenty eighth, whatever it is, he'll sign the, the contract extension with Florida. He's not going
1: anywhere. Yeah, we've only ever heard that he loves it in Florida and he's not ever going anywhere, but we continually have people thinking uh, Sure. And, and I'm sure every fan base, right, is, is thinking Every fan base. Yeah, oh.
3: Winnipeg's talking about well, well, you know what? Maybe we can get uh, that Barkov fellow for Florida. Yeah, every every fan base is talking about, you know, pulling Barkov out of Florida, but it's not happening.
1: Yeah, we're we're too busy thinking about Eichel anyway, as you probably know at this point. Uh with that's the that's doable we know he's (laughs) on the market really how'd you find that out the press conference where he dropped a bomb
3: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: yeah um one of the things i wanted to talk to you about with Gallant. back to him for just a second here because obviously new coach as of today the rangers talked a lot about grit and toughness over this uh, during the firings of Davidson and letting go of Jeff Gorton and how that wasn't part of the team. The Islanders took it to them and some other teams did too. And maybe a player you heard of yeah. called Tom Wilson uh, hit Panarin over the head a couple of times. Galant seems to favor these, I don't want to call them goon types, but I, I wouldn't call Ryan Reeves a goon type, but sort of that sort uh, that sort of player. Uh, can you, is that is that in his coaching style to have that that toughness on the fourth line? Or is he sort of, I I guess... Is is he favoring that over the skill fourth line that other usual fans would like to see?
3: No, you know what I think. Gerard is old school. He's gonna want some grit. He's gonna want some sandpaper. Um, I think he got a bad rap. I think when he got fired in Florida, there was a you know they oh he doesn't like the analytics. That that wasn't true. I mean, I think the Florida Pampers, When they made the the, the front office change, they went way over the top with the analytics and, you know, traded some players that Gerard Gallant thought that were very helpful and beneficial to the Panthers um, in that game. You know, those fourth line guys, the guys that, that don't necessarily score, but help your team kill penalties, help your team, you know, defend against other teams' top lines. Um, yeah, he's not looking for, to roll out four lines that can score. He wants to roll four lines for two and a half periods and then, you know, and, and see where you're at. If you're down a goal, he's going to roll, you know, the top two lines to try and tie it, win it, whatever. If you're up a goal, he's going to roll the bottom two. So, um, that, But, you know, with the way things are structured in New York, you know, there there may already be an agreement that this is how it's going to work. We're going to decide on, you know, which players are on the roster and that kind of thing. And, and he may not have to say it in any way.
2: George, what would you consider Gallant's coaching identity? What What is his Hallmark card in your eyes?
3: I just think it's that, that, that players love playing for him. The guys in Vegas still we'll talk about him. The guys in Florida certainly – We'll talk about him. Um, he's just a good guy who's, who's smart. You know what? Because you look at him and he's just kind of this, you know, happy-go-lucky guy, but he is a very smart man and he's a very savvy hockey person. And I think that he kind of gets that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know even how to say it, but that kind of goofball-like, Ah, he's just one of the guys, but no, no, he's very smart. You don't get jobs, and you don't perform like his teams have performed unless you know what you're doing. Gerard Gallant knows what he's doing. He's a very smart hockey guy. You certainly don't get hired by the New York Rangers at this point in how things are going unless you're pretty good at what you do.
1: Uh, This is my final question. It kind of follows up on what Greg just sort of asked there. Do you have a story that kind of gives the personality, or a, or one of your favorite stories from covering him? Is there like a quirky moment that kind of shows exactly who he is, or was there something he said in a press conference or that or or he said to his players that really got him going? That was a specific thing that the fans really took on to a life of its own. Give us something to that the Ranger fans can expect.
3: Not, not really, because you know what, you know all the all the crazy stuff that was off the ice with the Panthers. We'd ask him about. And he'd be like, ah, I don't go in the locker room. I don't know what you guys are talking uh, about, that kind of thing. All I could tell you, but, but when he got fired and the Panthers came out and, and you know the front office was like, oh, we talked to the players and they all understand, none of them understood. They would come to me and go, why did we do that? What are they thinking? And for the next – I'm telling you, for the next two years, the team was playing catch-up because they were like – why did we fire Turk? Why? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, this is what they told me. This is what they told you. But why? But why would they do that? I'm telling you, it's been four, five years, and players on the Florida Panthers who were there still ask, why did the Florida Panthers fire him? And whatever reason the team gave has not quenched the players thought, why did they do it? They, they still don't understand it. So, listen, you know, the players loved him. They loved playing for him. They had success playing under him. And, you know, the Vegas guys even, you know, still, they, they like Pete DeBoer. No, yeah, there's no question about that. But the Vegas guys were like, well, why did we do that? But you got Pete DeBoer, and, and so that's more understandable. But the Florida Panther guys still talk about Gerard Gallant with, with much regret. Like, what could we have been had he stayed here? So, you know, that's all I can say.
1: Greg, any final though questions to, for our dear friend?
2: Go ahead. Well, I was going to say though, to be fair, the Panthers eventually did land on Quenville, which seems pretty good.
3: Yeah, and you know what? And they, and you know, that's fine. But. You know, they, they felt like that team in 2015-16 could have been a jumping off point, and they could have built on that, and, and it really set them back when they fired Galant, and that team tanked afterwards,
1: and, you know,
3: and they brought in uh, – what's his name? Bob Boogner. Um and, and, and Boogs was a, was a great – you know, was a fine coach, but he wasn't Galant, and it was just – it set the team back. It really did.
2: As a as a South Florida guy, George, I guess it's safe to say um, the Panthers and their player and their fans and their players looked at that Gallant firing a lot like Marlins fans looked at the firing of Joe Girardi.
3: No, no, not even close. Um, Joe Girardi was here one year. He was the NL Manager of the Year. Um, he got into a fight with the owner. Um, I think he told the owner to shut up. During a game, and that ended up costing him his job. But Joe Girardi was only here the one year, so um, and that didn't really set the Marlins back. Baseball's a different thing, but um, you know, Joe Girardi, I think, always will have Marlins fans. They'll be he'll have a special place in, in the fan in the heart of Marlins fans for telling uh, Jeffrey Laurie to shut up because you know, <laughs> every Marlins fan wanted to do that, but. Um, no, no. I mean, once, once already left, I mean, people, people forgot it's the Marlins,
1: but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have said it better than that. Uh, Greg, any final things?
2: No, I, I, I think that's good. Um, I guess I'd be remiss, George, if I didn't allow you to try to defend sunrise, Florida, which is usually the butt of every joke that I bring up on this podcast. Cause as someone that lived in Georgia for a while there, I, I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather less be than Sunrise, Florida.
3: (laughs) In Georgia?
2: I lived in Savannah. Savannah, I I will ride or die for Savannah.
3: Yeah, Savannah's a great town, but it's, you know, it's it's not South Florida. I mean, Savannah's got, you know, know, shrimp and grits, but what else are you going to do in Savannah? No offense. It's a good
1: point. <laughs> well, I, it, 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 You know, you it's, know that,
3: that sunrise is the Miami metropolitan market, right?
2: I I do, but I also know that like Terrytown, New York, is the metropolitan Orlando. area of New York. <laughs> that uh, I I just it, it's always funny. I I I would think more highly of the Panthers if they just played in Miami. It's just funny to me that they play on the side of the highway in Sunrise.
3: Yeah, they
2: also, yeah, they're in South
1: Florida. I mean, it's, you know, South Florida's a different place. I
3: don't know. I think I he, know what. I, I, I don't know why you're, you're ripping on
1: Sunrise when you're. He's doing He's doing his best job. The, really? the, the, the thing he needs to say That's is at least.
3: Naked. I don't know.
1: At least your team isn't cheating like another team in Florida. That's all we'll say. You know what I mean? A little bit of cap. Cap circumvention. I, I don't think
3: Tampa. Yeah, listen. I don't think Tampa Bay broke a single rule, did they?
1: <laughs> Killing me. Well, um, no. I guess theoretically they did, did not. Did,
3: did they? Did they break? Did they break any rule according to the NHL bylaws?
1: Seems like uh, I'm not. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not allowed to comment. <laughs> they didn't. I mean, yeah. I yeah. know. I know.
3: They're, they're playing with a 90 million dollar payroll right now. I know that. We all yep. know that. Everybody knows. But, but listen. But listen. This was a 56 game season. It was a three-month season. Yep. They knew. Tampa Bay knew. All we got to do is finish in the top four in the Central. We're good enough to do that. You know, If I think if Tampa Bay was, like, in fifth place or something, maybe, you know, those two guys may have come back in the lineup, but they didn't need it. Why? You know, they were in first, second, or third Easily. the entire year. Yeah, They were fine. They were fine. Now, Now, when we go back to a – to a full 82 game schedule over, you know, the course of six months, you're not going to be able to do that, probably, right? Well, so that's a different deal. But, but in the, the, this COVID season where it's 56 games over the course of three months, listen, he had surgery; he couldn't play. He could. He maybe, maybe in March, he could have played. But at that point, they were entrenched in the playoffs. They were fine. They didn't need him. So why do it? Yep. I'm just saying they didn't break a single rule.
2: Technically, the, uh, the Department of Player Safety didn't think Tom Wilson broke a rule either. So it's a sliding scale. When <laughs> talk about.
3: Well, they did it they because took. they find him. They find him. So I guess that that,
2: that that that's fair. Let's let's end on this note, George. What is the big yeah. move the Panthers make this off What is their home run that they hit?
3: I, I think they trade uh, one of the two players, you know, either Keith Yandel or, or Sergei Bobrovsky, probably Yandel. Um I, I think there was probably a handshake deal in place somewhere. I don't know where, but, you know, I, I think that the Panthers let Keith play out as uh, Iron Man streak. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe he comes back. I, I just think that, that that somewhere down the line, they made a deal with him to wave a snow trade. That's about it. But I think the, the, the Panthers are going to be very aggressive. Bill Zito is a, uh, a, a pretty, pretty innovative general manager. He did a really good job with the Panthers in his first year. I, I think he'll make a couple deals here in a
1: second. Awesome. George, cannot thank you enough for joining us and letting us know everything about Gallant. Appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you sometime uh, next season, hopefully, when Florida and the Rangers match up again.
3: All right, I'll see you guys in Marietta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
1: <laughs> Talk soon, bye. Okay, and that's uh that was our interview, and that's our show for today. I'm actually on the road. I'm back in New York. I'm in my original bedroom when we started Blue break Breakaway almost 6 years ago. Very strange. I did have a slice of pizza. It was wonderful. I don't know why other places in the United States can't do pizza well. It doesn't make sense to me like I don't New York isn't that far from Philadelphia or other major cities and pizza doesn't doesn't they don't really do it or breakfast sandwiches. It kind of pisses me off. Anyway, without further ado, usually I would do this live with Gregory on the show. But I'm going to thank our patron supporters, Alex Gartner, uh, Amber Amber Koesberger, Ben Waters, Brian Doyle, Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, CJ Stellwagen, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stag. George Wabrinski, J.D., Jimmy Mack, Kako from Braves B, Chris from Florida, L- Lazik, Krawanski, Pavel Kodarev, Ryan, S- Stephen, Lomaeer. I, I somehow said it differently. Stig Buhl, Swingart, Tommy O'Neill, Toy from Manhattan, Vinnie Hay, and Will Spector. Cannot do the show without you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being part of the breakaway. We'll be back later this week with BSBOT. I'm sure we'll be breaking down more of Galant's comments. I don't even know what Galant's presser is going to be. I'm sure it'll be... I want it to be fire. I want it to be this something it's not I'm sure it's gonna be like very hockey man hockey you I don't know if you've ever you heard about this You read about this he's a hockey guy I'm sure that's what it'll be so uh we'll be back then thank you so much for listening love you guys bye